Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. I always say life is the stories we tell ourselves. The inner voices that we have, a lot of that is what was said to us growing up and what media says. And it's a lot of work to rewrite those voices. And that's why I love photography and even just capturing content and the small moments of my life. Welcome to Becoming Obsessed. I'm your host, Teresa Jean, part-time business coach, online marketing expert, digital nomad, and ultra athlete, who has always been obsessed with living a life by design, not living on default. I'm obsessed with my life, and I think you should be too. Becoming Obsessed is a collection of conversations that make my heart sing with the people I'm obsessed with. Join me in learning how to outsource and create ease in life and business so we have the capacity for the things we actually want to spend our time on. Let's get into it. Emily, welcome to Becoming Obsessed. I am so excited to have you on. As you know, even before this project started, I was telling you I wanted you to be on a guest on like whatever this podcast turned into. So everybody... Emily is a wedding and portrait photographer turned business coach. She's based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, but travels all over the world, was recently in Greece, so jealous much. I know I am. She actually did my college graduation photos and then most recently did branding photos for me. And if you've seen the cover art of this podcast, then you know how phenomenal she is and how talented she is at photography. So that image of me sitting on the bed looking so glamorous was all Emily's doing. But more than being a phenomenal, talented photographer, she is also such an incredible business owner. I've been watching her grow her business over the last handful of years and literally use you as an example when I'm coaching other wedding pros to be like, this is how you do it and do it well. And when she launched her coaching program earlier this year, I was like, yes, perfect. People need to learn from you. So I'm so happy to have you on and just bring you into my audience, introduce you to my audience. Hopefully they are as obsessed with you as I am. And all of them, like, please use Emily as your personal photographer. But just huge thank you and welcome for being on. I'm like starstruck by you, Emily. I'm like already distracted. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. <laughs> well, thank you so much. That was such a kind introduction and such a like, kind welcome. I really appreciate it. I remember when we did those college portraits and we walked on the football field. I was like, oh my gosh, now we're seniors. It was so crazy. And that was like, I don't know, that was like six years ago now. And so, yeah, it's funny to look back at all those times. I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and those photos were like really good, but I like cringe so hard because I'm like in this red dress, like carrying a literal football helmet. For anyone who doesn't know, I worked with the football team in college. So I'm like on the football field carrying a helmet like I was a player. But yeah, I remember that. And I remember also we went like super early in the morning and I was like, oh my gosh, we're on the football field. And like, it's just so funny because our lives are just so different. Oh, <laughs> so different. But at the same time, it's always been and this is actually why I absolutely love working with you is because you're like game and you're down. And so if there's anything that's kind of like this creative vision that I'm like, I'm kind of leaning towards this, you take it and run with it and make it actually happen. 
And I just appreciate that as somebody who's like, this might be a crazy idea. And you're like, no, let's try it. Like, let's see what happens. Yeah, that is something that I love about being a creative and being an artist is I'm like, hey, like if this doesn't go as planned, like no one ever has to see it, but no one else ever has to know. But it's like, if it ends up turning out, like it could be really, really cool. So I try to be playful and I try to try new things. And like I said, if it doesn't go as planned, then I just won't share it with anybody. Yeah, exactly. One thing that I talk about a lot is that I'll scroll through my own Instagram account and be like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Or like, look through my camera roll. And having you on, I know it's it's the moment where I'm like, guys, I promise I'm not self-obsessed but I kind of am. And I think that it's a good thing. And that's okay. Yeah. There's a lot of good to that, I think. Exactly. It's just a way of seeing yourself and loving yourself. And I think having really quality images of yourself can help with that. And whether you are somebody who has a lot of self-confidence and is already comfortable in front of the camera and like, I'm like, bam, 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 pose, 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 or you're not as comfortable, I feel like working with a professional photographer can help pull that confidence out of you and really show up for yourself. But I'd love to get your input, Emily, on when you are working with clients. I know like you, like I feel so confident when you're like taking the photos, I already know. But how do you kind of help create that environment where people can show up as themselves and really use this as a chance to showcase who they are? Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. And this is something that I feel like I'm thinking about all the time, but not always like putting into words, if that makes sense. So it's like something I'm thinking of as a concept as I'm working, but like actually having a sentence (laughs) that describes that process is going to be like hard. So I might be reaching for words here. So I do a lot of weddings and I work with a lot of couples, which involves a lot of like emotion, right? You know, that requires a level of like emotional vulnerability. And so in order to capture the truth of who someone is, I think the first thing that you have to do is you have to be yourself. So like I have to be fully obsessed with myself to some degree in order for me to invite other people to be obsessed with themselves. And that's something that I think about pretty often, especially as I'm working with couples and not even just couples, even just like portrait sessions, like what we did together. I would say probably 95% of the people who reach out to me are like, I feel so awkward in front of the camera. How do you get this? How do you get the candid, like natural looking images? And it truly begins with me being myself and showing up as myself because then they're going to feel comfortable and see like, oh, she's just a cool, chill girl or whatever they think, you know, and they're going to feel a lot more comfortable and confident to show up as themselves. And so that's, like step number one, in my opinion, is like from the very beginning, the very first conversations that we're having, even before that, like even as they're just looking through my Instagram, like they need to be able to see that I am fully myself because I want them to be fully themselves. And then throughout the session, well, actually, even before the session, I love just kind of asking them, you know, obviously like, what's your idea for this session? What are we doing this for? Obviously for couples, like, okay, we want to like document our love or whatever. For you, this was like, okay, well, I have my own coaching business and I have my own like, you know, creative consulting business. So I need photos that I can use to show who I am and what I do for other people. And so I really like to get to the heart of like, why do they love something so much? And Like I said, with couples, that's a little bit easier. It's a little bit more straightforward. But if you're working with just one person, you have to kind of dig into that of like, 
okay, why are you a creative consultant? You know? And so knowing the why behind those things can be really, really helpful and beneficial as you are shooting. And then asking questions like throughout the session and having meaningful conversation where you're just talking, like you're just having a conversation just like this. I would say most of my sessions, like half the time, we're just talking. And what tends to happen is then they tend to do something where they, you know, sit in a very natural way and they feel like themselves because they're talking about something that feels like them. It feels normal. And so I would say all of those things kind of lead into being able to invite and encourage people to show up as themselves so that they feel fully confident. And the goal, of course, and this is something that you wrote in a review for the last time that we worked together that I will never forget because you put it in such beautiful words. And I think you said it is so worth it to feel this good. And I'm like getting emotional thinking about that because I work so often with women who don't see themselves that way, who are constantly nitpicking themselves, who are constantly thinking about all the things that are wrong with them or how they don't look good or whatever. But when you said that, I was like, man, that is the exact sentence that I want everyone to feel. Like man, woman, whatever they identify as, like I want them to feel that this session was so worth it. If nothing else, just for the feeling. And so I don't know, man, I'm like, I'm getting red in the brief because I'm starting to think about, I mean, that's why I'm obsessed with what I do is I get to help change those ideas of who people believe they are and bring out that confidence in them. I love that because I always say life is the stories we tell ourselves and the inner voices that we have, as we all know, like a lot of that is what was said to us growing up and what media says. And it's a lot of work to rewrite those voices. And that's why I love photography and even just capturing content and the small moments of my life. Because then I can almost meet what society says and what I see in other people with my own life. You and I were just talking about how last week I went to like five concerts in nine days. It was insane. And one of them was on a Wednesday night. It was with my two best friends and their men and another one of our friends. And after the concert, we were running through downtown Omaha. It's like 11 p.m. at night and we're like running through the streets And we're like playing music out of an iPhone, just like singing, dancing and being chaotic. Love it. And I took videos of like the whole walk home because so often it's like, okay, I'm scrolling on social media and I see people who have these fun friends and they're being crazy and they're like walking through the streets at night. And it like seems like the silliest, simplest thing. So when you're doing it, you don't romanticize it. You don't realize how special it is. And so it's like you see it, somebody else do it and you're like, oh, I feel like it's special when somebody else does it. You can start to say like, oh, this is special when I do it too. These super simple, super normal moments of just being with your people. And I like recorded it and made a reel. Go check my personal account, you guys. It's on there, right? But it's like these little moments that are so simple and silly and seem like they don't hold a lot of weight. But we give weight to them when other people have them. When we actually capture these moments for ourselves, whether it is You know, we all think of, okay, weddings, we're going to capture that. But I even love like the couple sessions now and the portrait sessions and like business sessions that you do too, where the new kind of trend is like have a picnic and don't stop talking the whole time to each other and I'll capture it. Like you were saying, let's have a conversation, literally just do what you would be doing and like glam yourself up so you feel your best, do what you'd be doing and let me take the content. 
so that you can see that like these little small gestures that you have and your laugh, like all of that holds a lot of weight when it's you, not just when it's somebody else. Yes, I love that. That's something I feel like I've thought about, but again, haven't really thought about in words of like, it's so easy as we're scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or, you know, whatever, whatever the social media app is at the time to be like, oh man, they lived such a cool life. And then to just forget about all of the really cool things that you're doing as well. And so much of it, especially like with reels right now, I feel like at least in the industry that you and I are in, because we're very much like in the coaching industry and it, that involves like a lot of like inspirational imagery. But it's like a lot of those reels and a lot of those like clips that people are using are very like normal things like making a cup of coffee or whatever. And it's like, you're right. It's so easy for us to be like, wow, their life is so romantic. And then for us to make a cup of coffee and just be like, I have such a boring life. But it's like, no, we're all the same. And like, we get to decide how much meaning we give those things. And I think that's really cool. And that's another thing that I absolutely love about being a photographer is documenting those small moments. And that's also why I love wedding days because, well, first of all, everything is beautiful all the time. (laughs) So obviously it makes my job a little easier. But Something that I love is like these tiny little things that like maybe, especially if you're the bride or the groom or the couple or whatever, you're probably not noticing all these things, but all of these things are adding up into making your day what it is. And all of those things also say something about your relationship and, you know, like, why did you choose those things or why are those things happening? And I think that's something, especially with modern day photography right now with like the trends I feel like a lot of people are focusing on these small details of like the way that her hands are on her face or, you know, whatever. And I absolutely love that because it encourages us to go deeper and to give meaning to those like small things that we haven't always been thinking about, if that makes sense. So much of our lives, I feel like we focus on the big moments of, okay, graduation or the wedding day or going on the one vacation a year. And it's these huge mountaintops. And I actually saw a study, and I think this had to be Andrew Huberman on the Huberman Labs podcast, where he was talking about a study where your dopamine hits on those high highs and on your day-to-day, just like, you know, something good happens, like a small thing they actually have a similar effect. It's not that one is better than the other for your health or feels that much better. And I think that that's why like when we have those huge highs, it's really easy to have a huge crash because you're just like, that should have felt better. That should have had a longer impact on me. And don't get me wrong, you already know you and I are travel girlies. So like, I love the high highs and with them are the low lows. But I also want to make sure that my day to day is consistently like I'm acknowledging that like these little moments like this little cup of coffee like we're talking about and this conversation getting to hang out with you for a little bit those are as meaningful and as like happy or impactful as hopping on a flight and heading to Greece and I'm not saying I won't do that because I always will but it's like holding weight and what we give weight to and what we allow ourselves to be inspired by And what we tell ourselves is making a good life, right? I'm playing with the language of, you know, becoming obsessed. And it's like, okay, what makes a life worth living? What is the main thing? And how do we know when to shift what we're doing in life because it isn't aligning? And so I'm kind of curious because I feel like you and I 
are maybe similar or some of the things that I admire about your life are things that I love in my life, like that you're willing to make your own path and like really take the risk to have your own business and that you're creative and that you're a people person. And like, I know you love good people and community like I do and traveling. So that's all from the external of like what I relate to. But I'm really curious for you, what is kind of the driving force behind your hunger for life and behind kind of like your main thing that you, you know, want to keep in your day to day and and in your life? I know I'm making you think hard. I told you I wouldn't, but I am. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. It's good. I love these types of questions. I think they're really important. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I was going to say, feel free to like talk it out and not have a succinct answer because that's my whole life. So. Okay, perfect. <laughs> that might be what happened. So I think the first thing that really came into my head, and this is why I also am a photographer and a business owner and a coach, and it like truly is at the core of my life, is I love connections. Like I love connecting with people and I love connecting with other things around me or connecting with cultures or whatever it may be. And I don't know, maybe that's a general answer. I don't know. But I feel like that is truly the driving force behind why I choose to do what I do, both in my personal and in my professional life. It's like the reason why I am a photographer is because I freaking love connections. So I want to connect with a couple or a person and then document their connection, right? Or their connection with the thing that they're doing. And to me, that is like the reason why I continued to travel. The reason why I continue to do the things that I do is like because I want to continue to build the connections and build the stories of like, and I also want to continue to just like hear about other people's lives and learn about them. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's the main thing that popped into my head. No, I love that. And I know you said it's maybe a general answer or sometimes it feels like we have to have a unique answer that no one else would have. But I also feel like I love this question and I love thinking about it because we're all so similar. And I think when we really focus on what we want, it's not the money or the financial freedom or the celebrity of being known or like being famous or even the freedom of time, right? So often in our industries, we talk about having a business. So we have freedom and it's like, okay, but freedom to do what? And freedom to do anything to me isn't really what I'm looking for. I'm more looking for like, okay, financial freedom. So I'm not stressed about that side. But then for me, it's like freedom to take opportunities that I want to, like freedom to say yes to things. And those are almost always like going on a digital nomad retreat or going to a networking event or being able to go to five concerts in nine days with the people that I love. And it is so much about connection. There's that like question, you know, on like TikTok and Reels, how there'll be these like Gen Zers who are like have a little microphone and they just ask people on the street questions. Oh my gosh. And they're, yes. they're like, okay, well, if I was going to give you, you know, a million dollars tomorrow, would you take it? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, but what if tomorrow is your last day alive? And they're like, well, no, right? Because our lives are worth so much more than that. And so even though you're like, it's a general answer, I feel like when we stop to look around and think, that really is what life is about. And it's a little different for people, but I think that's why we connect so much too, is because we're like, oh, good people, hunger for life, passionate, like always have these deep conversations, like skip the small talk. And it's like, that's what brings so much life and meaning. 
into our existence. Yeah, I totally agree. I love too that you mentioned the money aspect or the time aspect. And it's like, you know, especially as we have jobs and as we're like, you know, trying to create a living that we love, you know, we often are talking about like, well, I want money. And it's like, okay, well, why do you want money? You want money so that you can experience things. Like you and I don't travel because we like sitting on an airplane. Like that's not why we travel, right? We like traveling because we like the stories that we create and we like hearing the stories that we create. We like learning the stories through the food that we eat, right? Like that's why we travel. And it's like, I wish, and this is something I'm trying to work on in my own life is like, I wish that people could say that instead of I want money or I want time. It's like, no, I want connections and I want stories. And it's like, that's why we do the things that we do. It's not simply just so we have more time to sit on the couch and you know play games or do whatever you want to do. It's like because you want to do something meaningful with your life. And I think that distinction between like, okay, well, I want to make more money. But it's like, why? Why do you want to make more money? Or I want to have more time. It's like, why do you want to have more time? And so I just really appreciated that you made that distinction as well. And I feel like that's something that I'm trying to work on in my own life is being really clear about like, well, why do I actually want this thing? Or why do I want to do this thing? So yeah, really, really good distinction there. Well, I have to tell you, Emily, I'm probably going to steal one of the lines you just said and use it in my marketing agency because like, I want stories. This is one trick that I've used to make decisions a lot in my life is if my life was a movie, what would the script writers do? Would they you know, follow a Facebook ad and go live in the Panamanian jungle for three months? Or would they not, right? Like that's a pretty easy answer when you think of it in those terms. As I've grown up and matured a little bit, I've stopped thinking in this way exclusively because I'm not as like, you know, up for the chaos as thought pattern leads to. And most movies like when it comes to romance, you know, it's like, I don't know about whatever or horror films, but in a lot of ways it is like I do it for the plot as our little Gen Z friends would say. I do it for the plot. I make decisions based on a movie. And I think that that for me was a tool that led me to have bigger than life experiences. That if I was doing it based on fear or uncertainty or comfort, I would never do. I would never be open to that. And with this marketing agency, like I kind of want to use that somehow. It's like not for the girlies who want like money or time. It's for the girlies who want stories and to share those stories. Well, I love that too. And it's so funny, like, because of course I can be saying these things and not even think about it in the same way or perspective that you're thinking about it. And like, even as you're saying that, I'm like, girl, like I want you to do my marketing because I want stories. But it's like, I love that. And I feel like you said, you know, that is why we as in you and I, are obsessed with our lives is because we are making the decisions that bring us stories, that we learn from stories, we create stories, we get to tell more stories. And I think that is so important. And I really think that's one reason why you and I connect so well is because we both understand that. Like, that's what we're after. And yeah, I love that. I really want you to use that for your marketing agency. Like, please, please steal whatever. Like, yeah, it's literally going to be like these photos and marketing has come from Emily. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, everything comes from her here. But on the note of stories, I know you and I have both spent a lot of time in Greece and you've done a couple 
like or did and are going to do Antarctica and these huge adventures. And so I just because I want to hear about some of these, what are some of your most memorable travel stories? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked because I do love talking about traveling. But I tried not to be that girl that's like, oh, the one time that I went here, but I am definitely that girl. You know, me too, honestly. I mean, you know, we got to brag about it a little bit. Like we were doing nothing. So the one story that popped into my head first, like even before you'd finished your question was, so I had the chance to go to Antarctica a couple of years ago and I actually get to go back in January. I'm so excited. This is one of those things, like you said, this is like a bigger than life experience. And at the time that the opportunity presented itself, I had the time, I had the money, like everything just lined up. And I was like, I remember calling my mom and being like, do I go by myself on this like Antarctic expedition for 10 days where I don't have any service and I'm basically just like out here wild and alone or do I not? And she was like, why are you asking me that? Like, you know the answer, like you have to go. And so that's, yeah, my mindset in a lot of these trips that I take. But one of my absolute favorite memories, I think this is probably my favorite memory ever actually at the moment is I was on this trip and we had made a landing on the actual continent of Antarctica. So a lot of times when you go on those expeditions, you end up just having landings on like the islands around just because a lot of times the water or the weather or the wind or whatever it is just doesn't allow you to like get to the actual continent. And so this particular time, we were able to get to the actual continent of Antarctica, which is kind of, it's not like rare, but it is kind of rare, you know? So we had this opportunity to like climb up this hill. And listen, I do not like hiking. Like I love adventure. I hate hiking. I hate it so much. And so I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll just like, you know, enjoy the view from down here, whatever. But all these people were like climbing up this mountain. It wasn't even that big. And I just remember being like, even in Antarctica, like, why would I say no? Like, I'm already here. I should just do it, you know, even if I'm out of breath. And so I went up this mountain and it was a lot of work. Like, it was a lot of work. You're like climbing in the snow. And I just remember being like, okay, well, I guess like to get back down, we either have to like walk back the way we came from, or I could literally slide down this mountain on my butt. And everyone was just sliding down this mountain. It seriously was like, a scene from a movie. Now that I'm like thinking about it, I'm like, I can't believe I did this. So I was thinking, I'm like, first of all, it's really cold out here. Obviously, it's Antarctica. I only had one pair of pants on and I was like, if I slide down this mountain, like my butt is going to be so <laughs> like, is this going to be worth it? And I was like, it's going to be worth it. And so I remember being at the top of this mountain. I mean, I say mountain, but it wasn't like a huge mountain or whatever. But I just remember being up there and being like, okay, like I'm sliding down this hill, like I'm going. And I just remember, and I actually took a video of it while I was doing it, because just like you said, when you were taking videos of like you running down the streets and all that kind of stuff, I was like, this is something I'm going to want to remember. And so I took a video of it and I'm like, you know, throwing my hands in the air and I'm just like having the best time of my life, sliding down my butt in Antarctica. And that is absolutely one of my absolute all-time favorite memories. It was just so freeing. And so like you said, that's exactly what the plot would, you know, have me do. (laughs) And so that's what I did. Oh my gosh. That's incredible. That is incredible. People talk about the 1% of like the wealthy or, you know, in the US, you like have the 1% of whatever. And I kind of love being in the 1% of experiences because that is one of those things that it's probably like a 0.001% of the whole population to ever exist in the world 
will ever get to experience that. Like such a small, small amount of people ever get to, got to, will ever do that. And like, that's incredible. Yeah. I love that too. And I don't know what it is about it, but like, I love being able to say that I've been to places that no one else has been to. Or like, you know me, I travel all the time and I'm always choosing like the most remote places because it just fascinates me. Like, I love being able to say like, yeah, I went to this place. And people are like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I just decided to. Like, you can also do that if you want, you know? And kind of just challenging people's beliefs on like how easy it is to make those things happen. definitely. One of my like 1% moments is running the marathon actually in Greece last November. So it's been almost a year. And if you had me out on that course, I would probably take more than the six and a half hours I took the first time right now. But that's just insane in any capacity that anyone can run slash walk slash finish 26 and a half miles. And it does feel two things. One, I think it's way more difficult to think about than to do it. It was very tough, but I think that we make things in our head more difficult than they actually maybe are. And it's not that everyone needs to run a marathon, but I do think that most people like are like a lot of health problems or whatever could get themselves there and could do it. And it's very mental. And then the second thing, and this is kind of probably like you hiking the mountain and like sliding down is it's kind of fun while you're doing it, but it's, I think they call it like type two fun where it's fun before and it's fun to tell the story after, but like doing it isn't that much fun always. Like the marathon, I was probably mile 18 where I started to literally feel my body, like not a thought in my brain. My body just kept being like, we're going to lay down and cry now. Like it was just like, we're going to lay down and cry. And I'm like, we've got like eight more miles. Like I can't lay down and cry. You're like, we ain't even close. We got to keep going. <laughs> I can't imagine. I oh my love, gosh. love telling people that I've done that. I'm working on a few more races that I want to do and I like need to get into training. But it's like, it was fun doing it, but it's way more fun to tell people and be like, this is, I did this. Yes. I think it's, it's type two fun or whatever. My friends and I would always talk about that because that's exactly me. Like I love saying that I did the thing and doing the actual thing. I'm kind of like, okay, whatever. Like it wasn't that great. But being able to say that I did it is so awesome. So one thing that I really have figured out in the last year, and part of it was training for this marathon and training for different races, is that in life, we often have to give up something we love for something we love more or have to give up things to do something else. So for me to have hours and hours a week of training I realized that moving forward in life, I was going to have to figure out ways to take more things off my plate. And some of that is creating ease. So outsourcing things in business and even just like door dashing your groceries, right? Like that can save you a lot of time. And then other times it's actually maybe quitting something or stopping something altogether for a season or just finding that space and time. And so this is leading into the infamous question, When do you know that it's time to quit? Whether it's, you know, quitting something that you love for something you love more or almost too with you, I'm thinking of what did you have to quit or do in a new way to be able to make the time and space for coaching and for building that next side of your business? So you can take that and run with it or if something else comes to mind, but I would love your input on this. Yeah. Okay. So I have a couple of thoughts and I don't know if they're going to be super organized. So I'm just throwing that out there. So yeah, I love that you gave me 
this parameter, I mean, obviously it's not necessarily like an actual boundary or whatever, but I love that you framed it in the way of like my coaching. Like how did I go from being full-time wedding photographer to adding in coaching? Like obviously I still have the same amount of time in my day. It's not like I added on an extra 10 hours. So how did I shift in order to make both of those things reality. So one of my business coaches, his name is Jai Long. And I was actually on his podcast a few years ago. He's incredible. If you're a photographer or a creative, please look up Jai Long. He is just absolutely insanely brilliant. And something that he often says as you know, people ask him questions or whatever is, you cannot continue to do the thing that got you to where you are now in order to get you to the next place. Because the thing that you were doing only got you to where you are now. So in order to get to the next level, you're going to have to do something differently. You're going to have to try something new. And I mean, that sounds like a, well, duh, like type thing, you know, like when you say it out loud, but when you actually start thinking about it, it really makes it clear of like, okay, I have to be strategic about the things that I'm doing. And so one of the main things that I have worked really hard on in my business right now, in my business specifically, in order to make time to do something new is outsourcing. Like, you know, you mentioned it, even just like DoorDash and getting like, you know, groceries or whatever it may be. I hired a virtual assistant. She is amazing. I assign her tasks in Asana and it's just like so easy. And I'm just like, this is so great because all that time that I was spending making reels or creating graphics or, you know, literally anything, I get to spend that on doing the things that take me closer to where I want to be because I can't keep doing all the same things that I was doing or else I'm just going to stay where I was. Right. So I feel like one thing for me when I know it's time to shift and it's time to try something new is whenever that very limited energy that we all have, when that is just being used on doing the same things. And I'm just like, okay, I'm not getting to the next step, you know? And I think that that also means that you have to have a clear vision of what the next step is. But yeah, I really think outsourcing and being able to say, you know what? I can't do it all. Like I cannot edit every single photo of mine that I take and also be a business coach and also do branding sessions. I have to start outsourcing some of that to people. And that has been one of the greatest joys for me also because not only am I experiencing freedom in my own life from that, but I get to witness how I get to help others, the people that I'm outsourcing to experience their own freedom, right? Like for example, I am working with a photo editor. She's actually one of my good friends. We've become good friends like over time as she's started editing my photos. And I knew her a long time ago, just kind of through mutual friends or whatever. And this is, I think about two years ago, I walked into Starbucks. I literally look like I just woke up because I'm like editing my life away. I had, you know, seven weddings that month and I was like just editing nonstop. So I go into Starbucks. There's one right by my house. I go in and Autumn, this girl that I had kind of known who was like a digital artist or whatever, she just out of the blue, she's working there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's great to see you. Sorry, I look like this. <laughs> I've been editing all day. And she literally just said, like, kind of out of the blue, she was like, hey, if you ever 
need help editing, let me know. I'd love to help you. And I was like, cool. Have you ever edited before? She's like, no. I love her already. Yeah, exactly. But I was like, I need help editing. So I immediately, I get back in my car and I like message her. And I'm like, hey, if you're serious, I will teach you how to edit my photos. I need help. And the reason I'm telling the story is because a few months ago, she actually quit her job at Starbucks because now she gets to be not full-time just for me. She does a lot of freelance art for other people. But that is such a gift that I was also able to give her by saying, I trust you with this. Like I'm also helping her create ease in her life, right? And I feel like it's so often that, especially as business owners, I'm trying not to go too business ownery right now, but it's so often that we get caught up on like, okay, well, will it benefit me? Is this good for me? Is this good for my money? But it's also like something that I love about my business and one thing that I'm obsessed with, truly, is that I get to do what's best for me and I also get to help someone else do what's best for them. And that is just absolutely amazing to me. So all that to say, outsourcing and trusting other people to help you get to where you're wanting to be is huge for me. I love that. And you know, Paige, Paige Hulse, who was one of the first guests. But that is actually what she did for me. And I credit where I am now to her trusting me in her business. Our senior year of college, I started as an intern for her creative law shop, the contract shop. And it was just like, which I get on my contracts for room also just reading their reason. Yeah, honestly, if you're a business owner and need contracts, come see us because we'll get you good. And that's what she did for me is I have never had to go do a corporate job. I still to this day, I'm amazed that I've just been like freelancing contract working with businesses for six years. And like, that's what I do. And it's insane. And so getting to now the season that I've been in this year is like you're saying, being able to help create that freedom for other people. Even just one of my friends who quit her job and is traveling Europe. It's like now she's helping me with just some social media graphics and videos. And it's not that I like super was like, okay, I'm going to vet the best person. It was like, no, I see your vision and I see that you're traveling and you want something super flexible. And I just need some help. Like, I just don't want to do this. And so it worked well to be like, I know you're going to do a good job. I also am willing to give feedback and like help make sure that my vision comes to fruition. But being able to watch other people live out their dreams and be a little part of that is amazing. Yes. It's just so cool. And I just feel like that's not something that we think about often enough is like when I give trust to someone else, like that allows them the freedom that I need in my own business, you know, or in my own personal life. And the same can be said about, you know, door dashing your groceries. It's like someone out there is doing that job because they want the flexibility. So when you're trusting that they're going to take care of you. Like you're allowing them to live into that. I don't know. We just don't talk about that enough. And I, I think about it all the time. <laughs> so I'm glad I had an opportunity to put that back into the universe. So you mentioned that that's one thing you're obsessed with. Anything else that you are currently obsessing over? Yes. I think you're going to laugh at my answer. I've been thinking long and hard about this today. But I am truly obsessed with my cat. I love him. I love him. I should have saw that one so coming. much. Yes. You should have seen it coming, girl. Like, I'm posting about him literally all the time. Last night, my partner and I, we were watching The Shining because it's spooky season. And we always watch, like, a scary movie. And he was just, like, laying on the couch. My cat was laying on the couch. 
And it just made the horror movie seem so much less scary because he's like laying like with his paws up and his belly up and his mouth is like open and he's just like, you know, so derpy. And I'm just like freaking obsessed with him. Like I love him. He helps me feel at home. I love snuggling with him. He's so silly. And I know that that may sound like kind of like a silly or shallow answer or whatever, but like I genuinely am obsessed with him. I'm so grateful he's in my life. It's the little things though that make every single day, like they bring a little bit of joy. They light your heart on fire a little bit more every day. I also have a cat, Floppy. She is technically my sister's cat, but we have a couple other cats that they kind of like to fight. So the other cats stay in the basement and Floppy has adopted me. So my room, like she's the only animal allowed in my room, really. And she's super sweet. She wants to be around people, but she's also sassy and doesn't necessarily like didn't love being picked up, doesn't necessarily cuddle. And now like she'll come up to me when I get home and it's like she's expecting me to pick her up. Not for very long, but I feel chosen. I'm like, okay, Floppy, like I got you, girl. There's something about that. Like when a cat chases you, it's it sounds so silly, but there is, there's something really like deeply good <laughs> about feeling that way. I can't describe it. And while we're on the subject of animals, one of my best friends just got a miniature long hair wiener puppy. It is like nine weeks old. And oh my gosh, this is like baby. Oh, it's, it's a baby. I'm going to send you photos after this and I'll have to post some on the Instagram for everyone to see. But I'm actually like right after this heading over to her place to like basically babysit while she tries to get some work done because this little dog, oh my goodness, it's the smallest teeny tiny puppy, but its body is like so long. And basically all she does is sleep and then go on like a 40 minute rampage where she is just like chasing you and biting you. And literally her little paws, she will just like, I'll be sitting on the couch working. Yesterday I was sitting on the couch working and she just runs at you and then all four paws go in the air and she just comes straight for your face. And like you literally are like, ah, and you put your arm up to like block her because she just like full on will bite your nose. And like it is hilarious and brings so much joy, but is also so distracting. But also at the same time, it goes back to what we were saying about like life is the stories you tell yourself. And when that little demon child is annoying us and like biting us and like my whole arm is scratched up from her because I was like playing with her I can either focus on that or I can focus on how lucky I am to have this little tiny like super cute creature like in my life as a baby puppy for a little period of time yes and like think of how many stories you're creating with you know that little fur baby like I love it and those are the stories that we're always going to remember, like the small ones like that. And obviously we'll remember the big ones too, but I love that about my job as well, about like I get to document those types of stories, whether it's big or small, whether it's your wedding or you just want to photo shoot with your dog, you know, like I love that I get to help celebrate that. And I love that we got to talk about stories today. Me too. And with that in mind, Emily, how can people work with you, whether it be on the photography or the coaching side, how can they work and connect with you? Yeah. So I've got a couple of different offers. I am a photographer. I do lots of like branding sessions, which is what you and I did together. So much fun. And then obviously I work with couples and weddings. So yeah, any of that, even if you just want to do a for fun photo shoot with your cat or your nine week, like wiener dog, <laughs> we can make it happen. So that is an option. And then I also do offer business coaching for other creatives. 
I do speak a lot with other photographers, but I do love working with all creatives in that industry. And so we can talk about basically anything business related, whether that's mindset, how to set your prices, Instagram strategy, how to you know, find people who are excited to pay your rates, like whatever that may be, we can talk about it. And so that's something that I offer as well. You guys can find me on Instagram at emory.steward. And that's steward with a D, like a stewardess on an airplane. A lot of people think it's Stuart, but it's not. And so you guys can find me on Instagram or you can look at my website, which is just emilysteward.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for being on. I always love, love, love talking to you. So that's it for today, everyone. Let's get into it. Hey, thanks for hanging out today. And before you go, I have a question. When's the last time you looked in the mirror and thought, I'm obsessed? And since you're still here, I want to know what you're currently obsessed with. Message me on Instagram at becomingobsessedpod and let me know. All right. Let's go get obsessed.